special event alert. Get out of bed and run! This is Late for Changeover, your weekly space news and variety show. I'm your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by Mr. History, Eric Perot. Steve and gentlemen, how the hell are we? And our man in the closet, Jake Wall. What are you guys? How you doing? And our very old Big Burn, Mike John. How's it going, everybody? We're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all Guardians and to the other lesser branches as well. So, take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as we present Late for Changeover. Good to see you, gentlemen. Good to see y'all. I That's have the branches when we have somebody. Well, I, I I always try to see if they pick that up. You know, if, we, <laughs> if we can be the little annoying dog being Space Force and just like piss yes. off all the other little branches. <laughs> little branches. Look at me. I'm going to get yeah, a couple here. They're so cute. <laughs> gentlemen, we joining us today is former Marine and current comedian Mel Austin. Mel, thanks, oh. thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And first of all, let's get this straight. Once a Marine, always a Marine. I knew that was coming. Look at that former yeah. stuff, man. You better well, get I it thought, right. I thought it was supposed to be former because you can't say ex-Marine, right? That's I didn't right. say ex-Marine. So, oh, so, okay. Joining us today is Marine. And see, that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, is once and always Marine and current comedian Mel Austin. All right, we'll oh, try yeah. that one. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? There is no other branch that gives anybody more oh, grief for how yeah. you refer to them. Yeah. You know, this is always Marine? in you. It's in your blood, baby. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it's drilled in. It's definitely drilled into your blood. Uh, Mel, you and I talked. I think uh, Colonel uh, Owen Freeland referred me. Yes. To you. So, and he met you at a TAPS class. But before we get to what you do now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go back. Uh, and let's talk about your Marine time. So, uh, where'd you grow up, Mel? Uh, Chicago. I grew up in, uh, Chicago, but you know, I don't know if I really can say I grew up there because I left around age seven and, and oh. really grew up in LA, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not too proud of that, but you know, <laughs> I'll at least admit it. <laughs> well, it had to be a whole different LA back then, right? Oh yeah, it was, it was, it's, <laughs> A little lighter now. <laughs> what led you to uh, the service? I don't know, man. You know, uh, to be honest with you, I always try to think about, like, was there this, you know, dying thing to serve our country? No. Uh, was there this whole thing about, like, being a, a responsible person? And, and No. It was my recruiter, bro. He stalked me. <laughs> yeah. Did they come? Did they, that's the way Marine recruiters do it. Bro, he showed up at my at my high school. Yeah, I was gonna he came say, to my yeah. football games. He took me to lunch. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. I was waiting for him to ask me for a date or something. You know what I mean? And then he was Thanks. like, "Hey, so what are you gonna do with your life?" And I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh I don't know." And he showed me the video, and that did it right there. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm in." Were you considering military before that at all? Other than, I mean, before this guy, right? No, but I was kind of familiar. Uh, for one, my uh, our defensive coach, he was a, a Marine. And the way this dude used to just drill us 
oh my God, it was, it was painful. The other drill instructor was my mom. You know what I mean? My um, mom yeah. was, you know, yeah. she didn't play, boy. I mean, you know, you talk about cleaning, deck towels, you know, a toothbrush between cracks, <laughs> and you're washing dishes. Oh, wow. Two wow. o'clock in the morning. Like, mom was, you know, so I actually, jo- now I realize I joined so I could escape from her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you it's probably easier in the Marines. <laughs> I think we need a few more of your moms, man. That's exactly. what I'm thinking. A few more of them. Well, you use the uh, you use the skills you developed at home and applied them to the military because there's like, oh, this is all you got. Yeah, <laughs> clean exactly. Barracks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So where'd you uh, you swore in in Chicago? No, no, no. We were in L.A. by then. Oh, and, I'm sorry. Uh, That's right. Yeah. You yeah, we were in L.A. and I was down there at the MEP station in uh, 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 next to uh, what what year was it? I was next to the hood, you know, the hood. You you know what a hood is, right? Well, sure, sure. I've seen it in movies. This, yeah, this particular yep. place was scary. It was called the... Um, I've heard there's boys uh, there. If you ever saw uh, Training Day with Denzel, yeah, they Pretty ended up in this area uh, where he was, you know, uh, where he got shot and everything. You mean his King Kong speech? That's he it. Shot me in the ass. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so I was, uh, I matter of fact, I swore in quite fast, you know, because I wasn't really? used to that part of the area either, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were all wearing shirts like uh, Jake's wearing up there. If he buttoned it all the way to the top. <laughs> I put a collar uh, on just for the guest. <laughs> I see another one. Is that another one behind you, Jake? Is that- oh, they're all. Oh, it's all flannel, flannel, man. It's He's the flannel. flannel. He's got quite the array. That's like the men's warehouse cholo style. You know what well, I mean? Uh, it's, it's the best acoustics in this house, he says. With all that yeah. flannel, you know, you can't go wrong with it. So. <laughs> what year was that, Mel? Uh, that was, uh, oh, now I got to tell my age. Uh, oh, yeah, 19, man. 1987. Oh, nice. That's all right. <laughs> Eric still got you beat. So. I got you, oh. brother. Oh, okay. All right, all right. All right. My man. My man. Oh. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, so how'd you, where'd you find out where your boot was going to be? When'd you find that out? Uh, when I got sworn in, uh, you know, I, I, they, you know, if they did tell me, uh, I didn't remember it, you know, yeah. I, I'm serious, man. I really wanted to, I didn't have a plan for high school after high school. You know, I thought I'd get to sleep in and, uh, you know, <laughs> that was only sleeping in on the bus, you know what I mean? Going down there. So yeah, there we were, you know, trekking along, uh, I think we took a train first and then we got on a bus and then we ended up going on uh Pendleton. Yeah. We yeah. parked next to this statue and uh, that statue ended up being the drill instructor. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was quite scary. Well, back, to, back in 87, they could still touch you, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And in, in, in however way they wanted to, as a matter of fact. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Only fans is getting inspiration here. (laughs) (laughs) Touch me, baby. Touch me. What? uh, uh, You made it through basic. Okay. Right. I assume. 
Yes, um, I did. You look, you look big. Maybe you were gonna. I thought maybe you were gonna say you're a football guy or something like that. You play. Well, no. I mean, I did play football, but you know, uh, uh, back then I was uh, definitely overweight. Uh, oh. They literally gave me the name uh, Private Fat Boy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I've been spending too much quality time at KFC. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Well, they'll run that out of you, I'm sure. Oh, and they yeah, did. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> they did. They ran so much out. When I came out of boot camp, nobody recognized me. They're like, who's this guy walking out of Mel's parents' house? <laughs> how much How much did you lose? Do you remember? Oh, man. At least, I want to say 35 pounds. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I got sexy. Mel, did you go in with friends or anybody that you knew, or did you just took took the jump by yourself? Just took the jump by myself. Nobody else wanted to go to the Marine Corps. They didn't offer that uh, enlisted buddy ribbon. Buddy, buddy, exactly. yeah, yeah right. the buddy ribbon at That's that time. Right. Huh? Oh, you know what, Marty? I just remembered too. My other reason why I joined the Marine Corps was because I had been hearing like all these scary stories about the Marine Corps and that it's it's really tough and nobody makes it through and I don't know there was something stupid in me that said I want to I want to do that I want to yeah. I want to go to the toughest branch yeah and so yeah. you know well you made it through right? I made it lost yeah. a little work lost a little weight came out yeah. a lean mean fight machine and then uh did he did he contract you a job before he sent you in yeah, I was going to do uh, a, uh, they call it a, um, uh, they refer to it as a bulk fuel engineer. Boat field. Bulk. Bulk. Oh, bulk field. Oh. Fuel. Bulk oh. fuel. Okay. Bulk fuel. I got it. I'm not going to guess anymore. I'm butchering this. So, <laughs> so what that meant is I was a, a, a refueler of helicopters, fighter jets, tactical vehicles. Uh, in other words, I became a pro at passing gas. Oh, very <laughs> good. Yeah. We all get there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he's the first, he's pretty much the first Marine I've ever met that did not say, oh, I was an infantryman all the way. Really? A, a rifleman. Oh, or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, so I, do I, I went a little higher on the ASVAB. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so uh, within the Marine community, do they still yes. give people crap about where you went to boot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Is not really? as much. Not not now. Not like they used to. You know why, right? Well, no. Why? Because of the whole Camp Lejeune, the toxic oh, part. Oh, that's See, right. Yeah, yeah they're not so proud now. They ain't mm -hmm. teasing us about being Hollywood Marines now. Mm -hmm. Being cancer-free, you sucker. Yeah, you can't even handle cancer, you sissy. Uh, exactly. <laughs> How the tables have turned. Oh, man, I didn't even think about Feel that. Like we had sand flies. Well, you got more than sand flies now. <laughs> and no one doubt, more nipple, right? that's what you got. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And a right. third eye right there, a third eyeball. Uh, yeah, they can't even claim it yet because that case is not even settled. Right? Yeah. yeah. They can't claim the anything. Commercials on everywhere. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The class action suit. So, mm -hmm. what was your first assignment, Mel? Uh, well, they sent me to training first, so I actually trained with the Army for about three months out of uh, Fort Lee, Virginia. Oh, okay. And uh, that was interesting, you know, uh, you know, growing up mostly in California, even though I had come from Chicago, I forgot uh, the 
beauty and the wonders of snow. And so um, that was interesting, but uh, it was really weird because on this base, obviously it's an army base. I want to say there's about 8,000 soldiers and it was probably about 300 Marines. That's weird. Yeah. We were definitely outnumbered, but they definitely respected us. So, you know, I did a lot of training there. And then from there, uh, I was sent to uh, Camp Hansen uh, out in Okinawa. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then that's when I realized that I joined the wrong uh, branch uh, (laughs) because, you know, we got in a car and we traveled up north to an Air Force base. Kadena. Yes. <laughs> and we went to the chow hall, which is not called the chow hall. It's dining facility. That's right. And we could get a tray and we could look around and, and we, we got <laughs> steak knives. I'm like, what are these steak knives for? Well, there was steak, bro. <laughs> It was not MREs, you know what I mean? Well, that's true. Yeah. Compared to that, it's much better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that was my first uh, (laughs) eye-opener about the uh, Air Force and and, uh, just a different grade of people and uh, very, very high intelligent people and, uh, and, you know, and I, you know, now I see why my dad was mad because I didn't tell my dad that I, I had joined. Really? What happened was the recruiter came to the house to tell my parents, and I still hadn't told them. Oh, and so, uh, you know, there Oops. he is showing up looking like a, you know. He's spitting uh, polish, right? He's looking oh, good. Oh, big time. He looked like a nutcracker. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he, he walks in and he tells, as soon as he walks out, my dad said, man, what the hell's wrong with you? You should have joined the Air Force. Marines are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody can deny how good they look. That's true. No yeah, doubt. Right, right, it's right, it's right. amazing how far that uniform goes. Yeah, uh, it does. Uh, and Even it doesn't match. You know, you got beige and then blue and yeah. then red. What the? What would they? You know, yeah. you know what I mean? It just. But hey, especially it's so as, good, man. as in- we had a flight of uh, Marines in weapons school, learning how to load on the helicopters, mm. and those poor bastards. Anytime <laughs> one of them got in trouble, they would have to carry that eight ball, like literally a bowling ball around with no holes in it and it had a, it was a black bowling ball and they it could not touch anything other than their hands that wow. was a they were marching with this eight oh, ball wow. they're in the chow hall balancing sl- sliding their tray down <laughs> wow. like he was eating I'm like oh that sucks that wow. was their punishment geez that's yeah. great well they were behind the eight ball man they better that than uh, non-judicial yeah. punishment which we'll talk about here coming up right mike <laughs> Yeah, uh, the uh, uh, was that the old, did you just do one one hitch or did you realize? No, so from there uh, I came back to uh, uh, El Toro, which is uh, SoCal uh, in Orange County. It was called uh, El Toro uh, Air Base. Yeah, this is yeah. where all the jets were. Uh, that's, where Smith, then, that's where Will Smith was stationed out. <laughs> hey, El Toro, Independence Day. <laughs> Oh, hey, there you go. Yeah. That's some random information <laughs> he right said there. It was. We'll that's all of it. Because I thought that was a made-up. That's up. the only thing you know about El Toro. <laughs> I thought it was made up. I was like, why are they going to call this base El Toro? They couldn't write something better than that. And I was like, oh, shit, that's real. But I had no yeah. idea that it was real. Yeah, well, eventually they closed it down. It's a bunch of golf courses now. But 
uh, went from there over to Tustin Air Base. This is where all the helicopters were. Um, and so uh, eventually they closed that one down too. I think there's apartments there. Uh, but uh, from there, I was uh, I went over to uh, Desert Shield slash Storm. Oh, yeah, so, it was about that time, right? What? Yeah, so that was interesting being in Saudi Arabia, you know. I remember that first night, uh, you know, trying to get some sleep after, you know, traveling for four and a half days or whatever it was. And um, just in the middle of the night, you know, right around midnight, you know, they have loudspeakers all over the city. Rock by Allah. Oh, that's right. And this, I'm sure, will go on for like three minutes. Five oh, times yeah. a day, right? Five times yes, a day. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was quite interesting being over there and, uh, you know, nothing but sand and uh, heat, you know. Were you there for the whole, for the whole prep and then the air war and then, uh, the hundred hour war. Were you there for the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I talked to some guys who went over there uh, and they, they said they were bombing so much. You actually kind of felt sorry for them because they were dropping yeah. so much. It's like, wow. Wow. Yeah. I remember where we were, we were just a few miles from the border of Kuwait and you could literally feel the ground tremble every time. A that's bomb. what I heard. Yeah. That's what I yeah, heard. It was very interesting. I mean, I was really to be to be to be honest with you, I was too busy uh, fighting the flies. Oh yeah, yeah, bro. Oh I'm man, it's 120 degrees in Saudi Arabia during the day. Yeah, oh yeah. And so what these flies would try to do, Marty, is they would try to land on your eyes and your lips, and you're like, what? <laughs> so then at night, right? At night, we got revenge because what they would do is they would sleep along the top of the tent and the inside. Yeah, and so we'd be like, bah, 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 just trying to kill them. You know what I mean? We had our own warfare going on. You know what I mean? So sure. I, that's what my PTSD is in. I had to come back and sit with the VA and talk about my fly. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, we're sorry, uh, Mr. Austin. None of that's documented. So I'm, if a fly flew in here right now, bro, you would see me literally flip this table over to try to kill it. <laughs> Possessed. Well, you got your combat ribbon, right? You're you're yes, now sir. a combat vet. Very good. Hats off to you. Uh, you came back. Uh, you got. When did you get out of there? Did they keep you over there for a long time? I was there for the about a year. Yeah. And then right when I got back, I was a, maybe within about two or three months before getting out. And you know, I'd had enough. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay. Sure. You sure. Know? I'm sure. Uh, at, at that point, you know, so I'd always wanted to be a businessman. And so, uh, you know, just have my own thing and kind of create something enterprising. And so um, I use, you know, that skill uh, to, you know, obviously keep taking care of the family, but I always kind of kept an eye on building my business. And so, um, yeah, I got out, man, and, and, and you know, use my, my fuel experience and and got into the propane industry. Oh, so yeah, I know propane. I That's right. Propane and propane accessories. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of king of the hill, I was more like king. Yeah. Of the hill, you know? <laughs> king of the hood. Yeah. <laughs> How long did you do propane for? Man, about whew, seventeen years, I think. 
Oh wow! You did. I didn't. I didn't realize that you did. I did it all, Marty. I. I, So first of all, my boss who hired me, you know, uh, he was like, "Okay, you're overqualified here." (laughs) You know, uh, but all we have right now is uh, the. You know, you're gonna work on the dock. So there I was filling barbecue cylinders. You know, for the first week or two, twenty pounders, baby. Yeah, (laughs) there was this route. There was this delivery route that all the drivers hated. You know, they're like, oh, I hate this route. And there's one, there's those tall propane tanks, almost up to your chest. Yeah, yeah. Fill them up and then roll them, put them up on the lift gate of the truck, take them out to a business, go up and down stairs, you know, load them on the back of forklifts, whatever the case may be. They hated it. I was like, oh, this is exercise. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I took that route over and I just, um, I enjoyed it. I started improving it, making it more efficient. I uh, started growing it, and I yes. think in maybe four or five months, I was in a manager trainee program. Oh, nice. So, yeah, where were you at? Where Where were you at doing all this? Up in Sacramento, California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's and very so, cool. I, when I lead the TAP class, and you keep calling it TAPS, which is a big difference, Marty. <laughs> TAPS is way different. It's just old. It's old. That's what we call old. <laughs> but I always tell them that, you know, because a lot of people are really nervous when they're going to, they're about to get out. And so I tell them, you know, you're going to be amazing because you are wired to win. The military, whether you believe it or, or think about it or not, it wires you to be on top of things, attention to detail, making things happen. And so, you know, that's what I feel really was my cause for my training uh, with the Marine Corps in the military period to give me that discipline to really just kind of take things on. And so I, uh, you know, kind of moved through that, became my own a district manager for the Stockton location where we had, uh, I had about 15 employees and we were responsible for a little over 2,500 customers. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, uh, that was the, on the top 10 list of locations that were doing the worst. Yeah. I turned that thing around. I don't know if it was a plug or not, but I turned that thing around and then I got into sales and came back to SoCal with the same company and then I got into sales management and that's when it happened, Marty. Yeah. (laughs) That's when I, you know, this whole thing about inspiring people and motivating people, like that's always been an interest to me, you know, so I'm taking Toastmaster classes and speakers, and one of the delivery drivers for the propane company was going to an acting school. And so we would compare notes, what he was learning, what I was learning as a, Ah. as a salesman, as a, as a speaker. And so he invited me to the class and, you know, back then, you know, I wasn't uh, hitched. So, you know, I was like, (laughs) let me go see, let me go see what they got up in here. (laughs) So I did. And man, uh, it just, I just caught on and really enjoyed it. And I found that I was a funny actor and I think about a year I decided, you know what, I'm going to try stand up. And man, from that point, you know, I never really looked back because, you know, the stand up could be a little painful uh, and rewarding at the same time. Because if you ain't funny, you You find that out quick, right? (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I just like that challenge. 
Yeah, and so yeah. uh, in November of this year, I, I just made 30 years of doing stand-up and acting. Damn. Wow. Congratulations, yeah. man. That's 30 awesome. 30 years. Damn. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when... Well, what are you doing? What are you doing now? And uh, what's all your businesses that you got now? So uh, I have a company. It's called Laughing to Success Entertainment. Okay. And so what we do is we actually provide clean comedy uh, to everybody. Everything from church events, uh, fundraisers, hospitals. Oh. Jake, uh, Jake, you're out. You're right. out. <laughs> the clean part, yeah. That's all right. It's all good. But everybody's welcome there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> of course, military events. I have uh, a team that does school assemblies. Uh, we do senior citizen homes. Uh, then I MC everything from golf tournaments to award ceremonies. Uh, I even teach as well. I've been teaching out of the 30 years. I've probably been teaching about 27 of those, uh, which is called public speaking with comedy where, you oh, know, nice. people how to get confident with speaking, but it's really teaching them how to write jokes and, and like share themselves. And so yeah. I've done that with tons of other comedians, you know, stay at home moms, correction officers, uh, you know, <laughs> corporate people, and believe it or not, inmates, men and women inmates in prison. I've taught them this soft skill. Wow. Yeah. That's very so, cool. <clears throat> well, that's got to be a big hustle for you to get out to all those different areas, right? Or, yes. Or do you yeah. do you hire somebody to go agent for you? You know, uh, you know now I do have an agent. Uh, it's more of uh, for commercials. And then oh. uh, I'm with a couple of agencies that they have a platform that people can go on and find me there. Okay. Uh, but you know, coming from a sales background, I'm always marketing and selling yeah. and promoting and letting people know what I do and where I am. And uh, a lot of it comes, I would say probably 90% of my business comes from word of mouth. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, that's a big hustle to try to get plugged into all those different areas. What's uh what, how did the uh, the tap, the transition assistance what, what? assistance program program transition assistance program. transition assistance program? How did the now your contract? That means that. a whole different thing this day and age. I know. Huh? <laughs> Just clarify that. Hey, yeah, yeah. Look at this guy. Yes, yeah, yes, that, guy. that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more man in the closet. So he's an expert on. Exactly. <laughs> a buddy of mine called me out of the blue, Marty. He was, uh, he was like, Hey Mel, you know, uh, I, he used to be a comedian, uh, but we work together and he does a lot of, um, uh, public speaking for schools. Okay. And so he just called me out of the blue. He's like, Hey man, I'm doing this thing. If you have time to squeeze this in, I think you would love it. And I'm like, well, what is it? And he's, it's a company called Circo. And uh, what they do is they they pretty much teach veterans how to transition, transition out, out into the civilian world. And huh. so um, I thought it'd be pretty cool. And he said, call this lady. And then I called the lady and she hired me on the spot. And he, and he never told me it was the regional manager. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she hired me on the spot. And I, I just started... Um, you know, I took this very unsexy topic, Jake. Yeah. 
and, uh, yeah. and just really like colored it up. You know, when you go into my class, which is how I met uh, uh, Owen, yeah. is uh, yeah. I play music, uh, I'm cracking jokes. I got them doing all kinds of weird activities, but everything is designed around getting them more and more comfortable with how to step into the civilian world with, with confidence. And, you know, we're going to get their resume ready. We're going to talk about dressing for success. We're going to show them how to do research. Uh, and so I know that it's important that I keep them as entertained and engaged as possible oh, yeah. because it's a lot of information in three Oof. days. It's a lot of info that, you know, if they walked away feeling like they didn't get anything or they were bored, then I feel like I didn't do my job. I didn't serve sure. my fellow veterans properly. And so I go out of my way to really engage them with fun things and fun ways to make it more of a creative environment so that we, when they get out and they remember these things, it'll be more of an oh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Information. Yeah. Like I did it. not have that. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. I think I had a senior airman that didn't even understand the rank structure when he was trying. I'm like, come on. Well, man. this is this is kind of interesting because you you got out, uh, Eric, in 03, right? 2003. Correct. Yep. I got out in 2013. Jake, you were 17. Yeah. Uh, yep. No, 18. Mike, you were well. You, Mike, you were about the same, right? Or 20. 20. Okay. So we have a we have a span of. <laughs> transitions here and mine wasn't much my my guy was he was just like linkedin 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 get on linkedin get yep. on linkedin i yep. was like okay i'm on linkedin <laughs> <laughs> now what he's like oh don't worry that's the door and i was like that's it that's all you gotta do all right um so and eric you had nothing they were just no, like, i had a senior man that literally didn't even understand what he what his job was yeah. I mean, he should have sat through Mel's class just to understand the importance of veterans separating or retiring from the military. Yeah. What's next? He talked about a little bit of the VA, you know, submitting your claims, and that was it. The yeah. transition piece was terrible. Yeah. Mike I and mean, Jake, what was your experiences going through? I don't know if it improved at all or not. Jake, you first. Um, I think being a space operator, we had people hitting us up even before we were as soon as we'd hit the button people were kind of like hey what are you doing when you retire yeah mm. and so it was very informative but i was honestly shocked that there was a lot of fear amongst like the higher like this e8s e7s on what they were going to do next so yeah Mel, sure. the, the there was a lot of concern on some of those guys. Yeah. Um, but I think being a space guy in Colorado Springs, there yeah, was a, a wealth of, yeah. And you got your clearance and that's, they'll hire you yeah. for a clearance. So, uh, which is a lot different, especially when I got out of the army, I was like, oh, there's nothing. There's <laughs> nothing. There was people that had legit business plans. And then there was other people that were like, I got no idea. And I'm dead terrified. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I mean, I was, I was much the same. Yeah. I do, Jake, is I make sure that I remind them, even though this is not even in the curriculum, but I, I step outside quite a bit. I'm, 
and what you would call off the reservation. And one of the things I say to them, Jake, is that every last one of you were put on this earth to do something very unique and special that's natural for you to do. And so I try to remind them, yeah, you could choose a job because it pays good or somebody referred you to this. But what is it that you're passionate about? What do you love to do? What about your skills that if you could find a job that allows you to like enjoy it, then the success yeah. will come. So I, it's a little different spin I put on that for them so that they can really start looking at, well, what do I like to do? Or what would I like to do when I retire? And what would be fun for me? And I, you know, cause that's what I do. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing what I love and it doesn't feel it, like work. And in my case, that is bullshitting with friends in a sea of flannel. <laughs> so I found Finally it. I found you're it here. Right there. Right on. I found my niche. It's, yeah. I'm part of that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not about money because there is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike, what were, you, greens. what were you going to say, Mike? Uh, for me, I was much the same. I walked into my tap class with a signed job offer already. Um, oh, you know, I had yeah. a buddy. Right. Yeah, I had, you know, Scott Swick was there and I was, you know, in my last couple of months of active duty, I mean, I would go into his office and chit chat with him and he got me on this company. Um, right away but you know for the from the tap perspective you know it was taught by a uh like a vp of some bank and uh so she had a lot of hiring experience and stuff like that you know she walked us through the various websites um beyond uh linkedin um you know things like glassdoor to do the research on companies and see oh, what yeah, employees okay. were saying and stuff like that um you know of course the resume stuff um, you know, I, myself uh, being an uh, active reservist, you know, we hired and we hired people. So, you know, the interview process was, uh, a little clearer, um, from my perspective and, you know, it was, it, it allowed me to help the other guys that were much junior, um, you know, throw curveballs at them that they wouldn't have been thinking of going through the class and, you know, to help them just kind of branch out, you know, bloom, if you will, from, you know, their military background and what they were doing there, just kind of open up and see the world for what it could be. Um, but a lot of these guys, I mean, I would say 50% of the guys in my class thought they were going to go out and start some brewery in Denver. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, saturated market, man. Like, good luck with that one. Oh, man, we're veterans. You know, everyone will come to a veteran bar. It's like, yeah, good, good luck, man. But, uh, <laughs> Well, and I'm I'm with you on that because they're like, oh, you know, so many people in the industry, uh, you should have no problem getting a job. True, but it also depends on the company being hire. If the company's hiring right at that, if they're not hiring, yeah, yeah I that's know, what happened to me. I know ten guys in that company. They're like, ah, sorry, they're not hiring. And you're like, oh shit. We have to win the contract first. We have to win the contract first. But even. So- but I even, spent a month, Marty, a month. Yeah, me, I, waiting I, for I did that. Too. Yeah, I did so too. I went to work for Colorado Gold Potato Chip. Mm. Oh. Seven bucks an hour, a quarter incentive if you clocked in on time. <laughs> oh, yeah, seven and a quarter. And never get that pass, quarter, could you, Eric? You and pass, all the unsalted <laughs> potato chips you could Ooh. handle. You pass your urinalysis. <laughs> seven and a quarter, baby. <laughs> So I did that for two weeks and went, what the hell am I doing? You know? So subsequently he started at 650. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. 
but waiting for a contract. I don't know how you even tested positive for pregnancy, but you did it. Uh, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> but I tell you, Stay part tough. of the problem with taps is that I, I think ah. you said tap, tap. <laughs> I don't know why you say taps. I'm just going to keep saying that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, your military career is dead. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, they don't, they don't go enough into VA. They don't go enough into, uh, oh, yeah, now you got to pay civilian taxes. That's shocking, right? When you first got to pay taxes on your income, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of taxes. Um, and there's just that they, but because they make it mandatory, right? Because you can't clear, you can't exit the base until you've had your tap class. Yeah. Um, then that takes all the emphasis off of it being good. Because they're like, wow, these guys got to be here anyway. So that's why you get the little uh, uh, senior airman who's just like, yeah, here you go. Here's some information. Here's some pamphlets. Uh, here yeah. you go. Pamphlet. Well, I would argue they fixed a lot of that by the time I went through. Um, you know, we had several guest speakers that were, you know, they probably received a lot of the feedback you were giving them, you know, when you left, Marty. Um, mm -hmm. But when I came through, the speakers that were there, you know, the VA guy, everybody that was there that came in as a guest speaker, and even the, the lady that ran the whole thing, she was um, at least emotionally invested in getting that information into your head and seeing the relevance of it. And not every, you know, one, not everything is relevant to everyone in that class. And if yeah, it wasn't relevant to you, right. then cool, that's fine. But don't, you know, right. screw around and do all that good stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, she would come through and work with each individual, you know, ask them what their, uh, what kind of their uh, place in life was at that point. And then kind of give them the next steps and show them a couple of different paths they can take uh, to assist them in their next step. Okay. So, well, that's good. That's excellent. That's great. And, and, and uh, Mike, to your point, you know, there are a few facilitators out there that really care. Uh, what I've noticed since I started doing this is that there's a lot of them that don't. They're just kind of checking the box. Oh, yeah. You know, they're reading the information. And, uh, and so you could imagine wherever I go, bringing the energy and the, uh, you know, the variety, you know, they're like, can well, we get help back? We don't want yep. anyone else. So yep. if I could do anything, man, I would love mm -hmm. to try to help train a lot of these facilitators on how to be engaging. See, yeah. as a comedian, uh, you know, you have a heightened sense of how to engage with people, even if they're not speaking. And so... You know, I'm not saying that I would train them how to be comedians, but I would definitely show them how to trust themselves and, and step outside the box because that's what people want. They want to yeah. feel uh, guided in, in a city, especially people that are worried about retiring and getting out. They need someone to, to kind of be bold and yeah. fun and engaging. And so if I, if I, had it my way, you know, I would try to train every single facilitator because I feel like the end result is you guys. And, you know, if you could remember things more from what you got because you had an experience instead of just getting information, then I feel like I've done my job. Yeah, yeah. man. No doubt. Well, um, what, let me ask you one more question, Mel. When yeah. were you able to do what you're doing right now full time? 
When were you able to support yourself doing that, support you and your family full-time, and you could get rid of the propane job or whatever whatever the other corporate job you were going to and just do this passion? It was when I got laid off. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. That'll do it. That's a cause, cause and effect, cause and effect. Yeah, bro. They laid me off in 2009. Oh, and oh during the, the, the great yep. economic yep. downturn. Right? I got laid off and, you know, I'd obviously been doing stand-up already and I started learning how to navigate uh, the privacy. See, if you get into stand-up comedy, you'll see that the majority of the comedians are on the dirty side as far as the bars, the clubs, Sure. The uh, colleges, the cruise ships. Well, Games as you can imagine, it, that's that's where everybody is. Yeah. But when I first started, I was a single dad, and so I had to stay local. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be on the road or staying in Motel Six, you know, driving across Nebraska doing comedy show. I had to stay local. I had to take my kids to school and then help them with homework. So yeah. by staying local. I was able, I would always listen for people, you know, they'd be talking, oh, my, my husband's turning 40 next month. We're going to just do a little party. And I would say, hey, you ever thought about having a comedian? They're like, hey, I, that's not a bad idea. So huh. there I am for tacos, you know, <laughs> holding their carriage <laughs> microphone and doing stand-up in the backyard. Or oh, nice. yeah. somebody's church event or somebody's corporate picnic. And so... I started developing, obviously, you got to be clean in those situations. Yeah, sure, sure. And so I learned how to switch it on and switch it off. So by the time 2009 came, I said, all right, it's time to go all in. And that's what I did. Cool. That's great. And you're able to support it. And obviously, your career has blossomed by doing that. Did it did get laid off free, free you up? Or did it give you a little of the panic to go, I really got to get my ass in gear and try to start hustling here. Both. Okay. <laughs> it freed me up uh, to get my ass in gear. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah buddy. You know, I took it very serious. I will say that, you know, uh, I've had to do a reset here when the pandemic came because uh, by, by the time uh, the pandemic came, right before the pandemic, um, Man, all the different services I've mentioned to you that I offer. So imagine Southern Cali, LA area, uh, working with, I have wow. over 200 comedians, wow. magicians, jugglers wow. uh, that I worked with to do all these different events. Plus I had a show at Dave & Buster's called Squeaky Clean Comedy. So I would bring guys in, I would test them out hey you better be you better be clean <laughs> so they would come in and they would do an amazing job and then hey you know what we got i'm doing a church on saturday uh we're gonna do you know three comics and i'm the host and so i would start doing all these other gigs and so uh oh so anyway it, it, it developed it developed it developed yeah. Yeah. we were killing it we got contracts with uh, uh the local uh police department Wow. To do an anti-bully uh, kind of a tour with 80 schools over a three and a half year period. Um, wow, that's cool. Just, that's some I'm really just, creative markets that you're finding. No you know, yeah, man, cool. it, it was going like gangbusters. 
you know, uh, the show at Dave and Buster's was once a month. It had increased to three to four times a month. And we were booked out for the entire year because I started learning how to tap into nonprofits. Oh, so yes. Nonprofits yeah. would do a comedy fundraiser night. Wow. Uh, uh. So Dave and Buster's won because they got a, a, a house full of 180 people. Uh, the fundraiser won because all these people paid $20, 25 $30 oh, yeah. a ticket. Yeah. And then we won because, you know, we got paid and we got to perform. And yeah, be man. Clean. Wow. And so when the pandemic hit, Marty, everything stopped. Oh, and with the yeah, clean comedy, right. you're a minority for sure with clean yeah. comedy. There's 41 mm -hmm. cancellations. And so, uh, but again, oh, man. thanks to my military training, I didn't give up. First of all, I couldn't. I had to keep eating. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> the bills still came. Yeah, man. So I started doing shows on Zoom. Oh, and okay. All right. That was painful at first, you know, because yeah, you know, well, delay, yeah. and then people yeah, the are feedback, like, yeah. "Hey, Johnny, get me a coke, would you?" <laughs> what the hell, I'm telling a joke, lady. You know what I mean? So, but over time, started developing that and bringing my friends to do full-on shows, even yeah. magicians, comedy and magic for corporate, and so I started building that platform, and then that's what got me. Uh, in a position to move with my fiance to Colorado Springs. Oh, nice. And I so, you. Yeah. you know, cause I'm like, you know, who knows how long this pandemic is going to last. And you know what, as long as I got a good Wi-Fi, I guess I can be anywhere. So that's what I did. And what? so I'm in a whole new market now and uh, they don't know me like they used to know me in SoCal, but I still get calls to go back there, but slowly, but surely is building up here as well now. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I had to do a reset, but I'm just grateful that, you know, huh. I have, you know, stick into it. Nice. Well, you, you've shown that uh, you can be successful at resets as, as many as you've done. So, uh, I mean, you reset out of the Marines, you reset out of propane. Now you reset out of COVID. <clears throat> now you reset out of California. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Bill, if anybody's listening that would be interested in your services. Is it fair to say just go to laughtosuccess.com, your website, and yes. there'll be contact information there? That's right. That's L-A-U-G-H to the number two, that is, success.com. Um, <laughs> everybody put T-O, and it's not T-O, it's two. Because it wasn't available, you know. Laugh to success. Well, well, I'll include that in the uh, in the show description, so we'll have that when we go out there. So. Did we leave you? Did we leave you hanging? Anything else you want to pitch? You got any big things coming up or anything in the works? No, ma'am. I just want to say that I really do respect you all. Uh, you know, even though we don't really, really know each other, uh, the fact that you've all served for our country is just so huge. Hmm. You know, um, when I got out of the military, I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth because I got a little bit of trouble right before I got out, and so. Uh, bottom line is I talk back to a, a major oh. <laughs> and I give him my ID card. Been there. I was stupid. But back then I was so naive and I was pissed. I didn't talk about my military experience for like 20 years, Marty. Oh, really? Wow. Really? I was pissed. And I, you know, I, and then when I started doing this job, no, before that, 
when my sons, they my both of my sons went into the army traders. And uh, <laughs> then I realized what they were about to get, like discipline and organization. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I'm like, wow, that's, that's everything I've got. That's everything that's gotten me this far. And yeah. that's when it came full circle. And now doing these classes, it just makes me even uh, more uh, respectful of you all because there was a huge sacrifice that all of you made to serve. You included. You included. Well, Thank sure. You. I mean, we've all done the same push-up. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's you, but you missed bar mitzvahs and you've missed, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, birthdays and anniversaries uh, to serve our country and to do things that you didn't want to do uh, for the greater good of, of, of you know, really yeah. taking care of us. So. I just want to say, if anything, that I really respect you and I thank you all for your service uh, because it's it's nothing to just wink at and, oh, thank you. No, 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 I get it. And, I, and I'm just really grateful to, for all of you. Well, as my, cool. good, as my good friend, Big Vern says, thank you for your support. Just <laughs> 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 serve. Hey, before we let him stop talking, I want to hear a clean joke. Oh, Man, yeah. I ain't got no clean jokes. Well, they throw the dirty one at me. First of all, amen. No, no, no. What I mean is, I don't tell jokes. What I do is, I talk about life, man. I talk about being a salesman. I talk about being, you know, uh, a black guy who sounds white. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I talk white. about all kinds of, you know, you I know. Suppose, I suppose I shouldn't have laughed as hard as I did at that. Like, <laughs> oh, don't you're worry, a horrible bro. Horrible person. Well, it was it was Eric that called him a minority. Exactly. Oh, here we go. But I was also yeah. He was you. talking about the clean comedy, right? I was also going to say, Mel, you you sort of debunked my whole thought process because I always thought African Americans joined the Navy, not the Marines. Well, it's a department. It's the men's department. The men's department. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's some history there. You'll have to go I'll, back. I'll to explain me. that to you later, Mel. Oh, Marty set us up. That's what he did. Well, thanks, Mel. You're going to hang out and uh, crack wise with us over some news stories then? Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Uh, okay, let's get on to the news then. Thanks. Thanks for the story, Mel. And we'll, we'll come back to you. Don't worry. We'll come back. Uh, Mike, start us off with A1C Jack Teixeira. All right. So, yeah, we kind of, kind of, Mel left off with, you know, talking about getting into some military discipline and speaking of one guy that's getting some military discipline really well right now, Jack Teixeira. This was the guy who was out of the Massachusetts Air National Guard as an Intel troop who tried to earn internet clout on Discord, um, started to um, print off and photocopy and take pictures with a cell phone, top secret documents about the Ukrainian war. Oof. Because him and his buddies on his little Discord chat would, you know, sit there and argue about who's winning all this and that. And Jack Teixeira, having access to JWix, um, decided that he would win the argument by providing top secret documents out to the what it ended up being accessible to the world. And uh, yeah, then his ass got caught. Apparently, somebody who was involved in that started seeing some of these things picked up and then of course it had the headers and the footers dsscci you know all the different markings <laughs> and all that kind of stuff 
and it started making its way back and got back to a security manager who then ran an investigation and then caught this dude. Um, well, just was it yesterday or Sunday night, I believe. Yeah, I think that's when you sent it. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, news article from ABC News that I'm referencing here was that 15 of the airmen in his unit had been disciplined now um, for his, uh, his, his, not discrepancies, but his criminal activity. Wait, uh, they got disciplined because of him? Yes. And so the, the IG went in, did an inspection, you know, to see what was going on within that unit. Cause this is a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty serious thing. I mean, we joke about pocket skiffs and things like that, but taking pictures of stuff and putting them on the internet is, it's pretty, it's pretty flag- flagrant stuff once you're dealing with, you know, security clearance and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, what they said was they detailed a pattern of lax oversight by Air Force officials that indirectly contributed to his alleged ability to gather and then leak classified documents without being caught, even as other airmen knew he was improperly accessing the sensitive materials. And this went beyond his duties in IT. Oh, I guess he wasn't an Intel guy. He was an IT dude. He's a cyber uh, guy, I think. He was like a yeah. cyber guy. Bro, that sounds yeah. like straight up Ukrainian porn going on right there. <laughs> Silly stuff. Yeah. I don't you know. know. I, I see, though. The security manager, if back in my day, when they assigned the security manager was in charge of the skiff security piece of it, where the material was, where the access was, it was an additional duty. The security manager yeah, wasn't yeah. a full-time security professional, yeah. like I was, who had the time and effort to put in to ensure that crap didn't happen. So I think that additional duty, the overall service had an impact on that as well by not providing a full-time security profession. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but the, it's also, uh, it's also a national guard unit, you know, um, I don't see a difference there. Well, they may not have the Manny. They may not have anybody to fill that. Well, that's my maybe. whole point. I'm sure. Maybe they don't, but that's the point. You, you're, you're walking into a potential un- unauthorized disclosure. And there well, it was. Like I told Mike, here's, I have I have questions on this whole thing, right? You always have the other side of the spin. Well, I, I love it. I, love I it. happen to think. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, let me let me tell you the rest of the news story. Uh oh. So we tend to cast judgment immediately. Oh, I've already cast. Yeah, I don't need the rest. Back up. <laughs> so so yeah. Before we get there, so oh Jack Tashira, he's he's indicted on six charges of willful retention and transmission of national defense information. Um, and then 15 people from staff sergeant to colonel have been removed from their positions and have received NJP Damn. in regard to this. So, um, yeah, two colonels, the group commander, and then his squadron commander have been relieved. Um, yeah, they burned for all losing the, oversight on this. They burned all the way up that chain of command. Oof. Yep. Now, um, so yeah. So don't go to the 102nd. No. Mike, is there any info about what was actually leaked? Uh, It was, you know, uh, intelligence estimates, reports. uh, I, you know, I haven't obviously looked for those documents because I have a clearance and that would be a (laughs) big thing for me to do and a big Uh, no-no. But, uh, you know, hey, what's up, bro? In the the news articles, it was, you know, 
there's pictures of, you know, intelligence estimates, reports on uh, casualty numbers and things like that. Uh, just stuff that, there again, stuff that he was arguing with people over that he felt that he needed to bring uh, citable evidence to. And that citable evidence was cell phone pictures of classified documents. So, yeah. So, he but anyway, over to you, Marty. Think, oh, you think this kid's being drugged? I, he gets he gets into arguments on Discord with his friends, and they're like, "You don't know what the fuck you're talking about." So he goes and takes a picture of a top secret document. It's like, "Ha ha!" See, uh-huh. uh So he was he was going over to the Intel computer, the top the TS Intel net, and pulling stuff off of that. But I don't know. I I find it odd. One, he's National Guard. He's got to be an active guard, right? He's got to be full time because yeah. he's not going on one weekend a month. And he's like. I'll be right back. I'm just going into the secret <laughs> closet. I, I left my shoes there last month, so I'll be right back. And he like takes all this stuff and he and he takes off. So he must be a full time guard. But if you read all the articles about this dude, and it just the case just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, right? First, I, first, yeah, you're right. They don't say much about the documents. Obviously, they can't if they're TS documents. You can't say what they are. I get it. Um, but He's been he's been disciplined many times before, but never lost his clearance, never lost his access. I know that, that's I, a problem there. I was reading some back articles. They're yeah. like, this isn't the first time he's done this. And then you get more in depth about the articles, and they're like, oh, and his parents' house has a whole bunch of guns, and he accessed a bunch of searching, or he did a search from a government computer about Ruby Ridge, Uvalde, the Vegas shooter. And they're like, see the picture we're painting? And I'm like, what is what, what did he release? You know? I mean, this isn't Snowden stuff. Right? They're, but I, you know what? You can't differentiate between intelligence, value, basic intelligence, top secret, secret. The fact that when he was awarded a clearance, the person who put him in it or a security person who said, we're going to give you a clearance, Here's the training you need. You cannot disclose classified information of any sort, whether it's got value or not. Right. And that's that my was a point. Failure. And that's my point. How bad were these previous times and nothing happened to him? That's, that's, I, that's I, where I, I can justify his supervisors and his superiors getting in could trouble. Be. Could be. Because yeah. I've I've been right. there when one of my troops lost his clearance. And it was a a long process and and sure it took work from the supervisor unfortunately sure. so it well, sounds well, like, came like down to not that no. he was an yeah. it guy probably going in to install you know various updates and stuff like that to the jwix and uh yeah he wasn't supposed to be jumping on the you know internal jwix the top secret internet that's available there and reading these reports from you know the various websites you can visit that the government runs that they put these. That's why I with got another cell question. Phone. Right? With that's his cell I, phone in there. That exactly. That's well, why that's why I got another question. Is it like, makes it worse, you Marty, can't, you because can't, he was a privileged user. You can't get on JWix without your password, and that thing logs logs you out like every five minutes. But he's right? IT. He's cyber. That doesn't mean he's no, got JWix passwords. Sorry. That's what it's, uh, it's too fishy. As an IT guy, he would have had a JWoods password. It's too Absolutely. fishy. No, it's too fishy. He was a privileged user, I guarantee it. And as a privileged user, especially yeah. if it's intelligence, 
you're going to have to take a polygraph. You're I, going to have to. If he I'm, did this, not everyone's polygraph. Anyway, the privileged gonna, choosers are. Privileged I'm, users. I'm are. looking at our guest, and he's getting bored at our argument here. So, uh, no, man, I just think overall, with all those people getting in trouble, I think this dude was tapping into the Ukrainian fantasy football league, <laughs> and everybody yeah. was participating and making he probably money. Probably got a hold of time, yeah. and he went too far. Well, here, right, here, let's, let's be serious. No one gives a shit about soccer. <laughs> uh, here's, uh, here's speaking of that. The yeah. LA Football Club just lost the MLS Cup to the Columbus Crew, two to one, oh. two days oh. ago. Okay, so one guy does. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's and my I was incredibly bored. Here's my conspiracy theory: is that if he got stuff on Ukraine, he probably released stuff that's saying, "Hey, Ukraine's getting their ass kicked," and they're like, "No, no, no, we can't have that." So we're gonna burn this guy. <laughs> I, I think he deserved to be burnt, whether, regardless of which side of ukraine's dying or not dying or i i, I hear you whatever having having a cell phone trying to in there. shit up my own cons conspiracy theory here so yeah he and, broke some and, he broke some major rules to do something really stupid for some internet cloud and uh yeah. oh, sure. you know i really wish that you know even listen to the news reports you, you know day to day when you hear about this uh you know uh unknown source of intelligence information or you know someone who spoke on the condition of uh anonymity um, you know, all that shit just drives me nuts because they're not getting treated the same way that this guy's getting treated. But he earned everything he's getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe, maybe my criticism is of the chain of command because we've all worked in the center that if you accidentally set a secret email over an unclass network, <laughs> that was it. Your computer was pulled. Your your clearance was pulled until they did the investigation. You weren't yeah. allowed in. Everything was wiped. And this guy was like, hey, uh, it's the third time you've done this. Stop it. <laughs> well, and what he was doing, he was there again, he was an IT guy and he was busy searching sites that he had no business searching. He wasn't an Intel analyst or something like that. He he was he wasn't doing research. He was just simply screwing around on the internet. And then there again, taking that stuff and using it for internet cloud. Need to know. Well, let's see. Was not adhered to. If he was a national he was a National Guardsman. If he was a full-time National Guardsman, that's you know, they got 10% of that whole unit is full-time. All month, it's just like 20 guys who are full-time, right? Mm -hmm. He's probably just walking around like, hmm, I got to be here. I might as well start looking up some shit because there's nobody else I around. Bet, but that's exactly what happened. You know? So, bored him, baby. All that shit. That's right. I think his chain of command, given the previous infractions, yeah, and then the multiple of yeah. infractions that he got caught with, I I kind of think the chain of command got what they they asked Agreed. for. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the, when they flew the nukes by mistake, right? Oh, they fired everyone in that chain of command, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I think even the I think even what, like when the coal got bombed, I think they had a bunch of relief. They relieved a bunch of commanders in that one too. Oh, Navy doesn't play around with the getting rid of That's commanders true. right David news Marie, article after they, news article like, they were like you're incompetent gone that's like, right Whoa. if you look at mel if you look at like navy times half their articles is oh this boat captain got relieved oh this drill sergeant got relieved you're like son of a gun man they just fire <laughs> navy, navy calls them out too <laughs> right right they do 
I can tell you, going on all the different bases for this tap class, man, uh, there's a difference, you know. Uh, you know, Marine Corps base, uh, you know, I'm nervous. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> going to Navy base and, uh, you know, uh, I could get through with my Costco card, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I would imagine going to an Air Force tap class, that's, you got to be, I mean, they're looking forward to it. Right. They gotta be looking forward to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, well, good. I mean, we can probably discuss that and go back and forth, but that was good. Uh, thanks Mike. Thanks for finding that. I appreciate it. Yep. So, uh, this weekend, Eric and I, uh, we got to go to an avalanche hockey game. Oh, right? Cur- courtesy of a recruiter who was like, Hey, you got to go find some veterans. Do you? And he asked some, <laughs> he asked, uh, what is she? Security forces? Because you don't. Yeah. Do you know anybody? She knew Eric. Uh, Eric gave me a call. I told Eric we should call Jake, and Eric was like, oh, no, no, you, no, don't even Eric's try." Like, no, he's lame. I had your back, Jake. I had your back. <laughs> Marty like, failed. Like, Marty goes. Jake. I can only hand an hour a week with him. That's it. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. Marty said he ain't gonna drive this far. <laughs> I'm tired of him making fun of my stump. <laughs> Bro, you could have wore that flannel. It would have been perfect. Right on. I would have got an avalanche color flannel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wanted you to come, but uh, Eric was like, eh. Three's a crowd, baby. Three's a crowd. Yeah. So, anyway, we sat we sat next to this Air Force second lieutenant who was a recruiter. And we were telling her uh, all the stories that we've done on this show about recruiting and how the knee jerk efforts that they're trying to do to get people to join up are kind of, they're kind of weak and they're kind of dumb. She brought up something that both Eric and I didn't even know about. She was mentioning this health system called Genesis. I was like, totally surprised. Genesis never even heard of that. She said this health system is disqualifying most of the people who walk through her door. So, uh, and we're, and Eric and I was like, we got to get her on to talk about this. Well, then I run into this uh, article from Air and Space Forces magazine, Air Force to start tracking why some recruits back out before joining up. And I was like, well, that's that's good. Yeah, that's this interesting. Probably a smart thing to do. Uh, well, I didn't even know what was happening, <laughs> right? So starting in January, the Air Force Recruiting Service will track why applicants leave the assessments process before signing the dotted line. The goal is to understand what makes people who are interested in serving decide to leave and if there's something the Air Force can do to improve its processes. So that first paragraph was like, what's going on? They're talking to them, but they're not getting all the way to, to where they're, they're signing up. So, and this was interesting. One person interested in seeing the results, the resulting data is Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat from Massachusetts. She is the chair of the Senate Armed Services Committee, or, or Senate Armed Services Committee's subcommittee on personnel warren grilled the heads of the services recruiting commands including air force recruiting service boss brigadier general christopher armheim uh in at a december 6th hearing saying that many healthy candidates are held up in a lengthy medical assessments review process due to conditions as minor as a childhood wrist sprain the senator cited military data showing that one out of every six recruits needed a medical waiver one out of every six. That's crazy. Needed a medical waiver in fiscal 2022. 
Getting through a review could add 70 or more days to the applicant's process for Army recruits, she said. So uh, if, they're not, if they're not on a delayed enlistment, right, and the recruiter keeps telling them, hey, I'll get back to you, you tell me that interest isn't going to fade? Of course his interest is going to fade. Oh, yeah. Especially well, when a Marine Marine recruiter shows up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Marine's yeah. Guys, he's, he's Marine coming. guy comes and goes, don't worry, we'll put you right in. We don't care what you got. <laughs> we want you right now. I, I bet you this is to, to cut down on things the VA has to pay for. I wonder about that, out. too. Like yeah, I wonder about that, too. Things. So. Well, here's the scary thing. Part uh Part of the problem, it says uh, it's an even bigger problem if all that red tape is causing some healthy applicants to drop out of the recruiting process altogether. Part of the problem is military health system genesis. I've never even heard of it. I've never there even heard of this, right? The system connects, connects to most civilian health information exchange networks, giving the services and U.S. military entrance processing command access to an applicant's medical history. So the government's got a program that's just like, oh, you want to come in? What's your social? Bloop. And it goes out and grabs medical history. I'm like, Whoa. I don't like know how they credit get report. Past, I don't know how they get past HIPAA. How uh, well, do they yeah, get past uh, HIPAA? They're government programs. The government can just wait. Past past so obviously they're oh. reaching out, right? Uh, but they say that history is often incomplete or contains insufficient information to make a waiver determination. Uh, so that slows the process down because the services then have to request extra documentation. Genesis is often difficult to use, further slowing down the process. Uh, so last wait, it's got enough information to disqualify people, but not enough information to waiver the people. Well, I, it, it makes you wonder, right? Because they're saying, okay, here's here's an issue that you've had that's instantly disqualifying unless you provide some background information and then it's up to the recruiter to go, hold on, let me go make a phone call. And he's like, it's Friday. Yeah, just send them to maps and see if they can duck, walk, uh, and cough. They're send good. Them, send them down <laughs> to the Marines. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like we all went through the same kind of initial maps, right? right Before you right. could screen all this, right. get all this medical history. You just looked at the person and we're like, yeah, you got flat feet, I, get out. You took a drug you can't test. Duck walk. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You see if they're colorblind, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Hearing tests. But that was it. Right. I wonder what was wrong with that system that they had to now make implement this I, Well, right. And it, and it does make you wonder. That lieutenant was telling us. Yay claims, like he said. It, it could be. It could be. Because that lieutenant was saying she had 85 applicants come in and 60 of them were dq'd out because of this genesis system but they were dq'd because she was saying uh they they had add one at one point in their life and they took ritalin yeah. right dq'd and it was like whoa that system just comes up with a red flag you know it sees ritalin it sees thc it sees asthma it's just like boom 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 done and they got to walk out so when we're talking about why can't they get people they are getting people who want, who are willing to show up, but they're like, oh yeah, I did take Ridlin five years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll have to get a waiver for that. Okay. Uh, can you do that? And they're like, yeah, we'll give you a call. 
months and, then never and back. six months later like well fuck this guy never called me back i guess i'm out so yeah the lieutenant was complaining that it first time she hasn't hit her numbers and it's based on the this system it's genesis mm, jacking yeah. up everything it's called what again genesis genesis health uh it's military health mh genesis is what it's referred MH, to okay mh genesis so but give credit to Senator Elizabeth Warren, man. She's after him. It's like, why, why? Let's have some report. And they don't have any historical data because there's no follow-up. They don't go, oh, here's a list of people we've been talking to, and these people all dropped off. Nobody's interested in why. They're just like, oh, I guess they're gone. I so, still have that legal question. I'd like to know the legalities of it. I, I of just them don't pulling understand. medical information? Yeah, yeah, going straight into something that yeah. maybe was... 15 years old, that's none of your business. Right. Wouldn't right. have impact on my service. That's and to be honest with you, in this TAP class, one of the things they talk about, one of the things that we have to share with them is that they are not obligated in any way to talk about any medical issues from the military. Sure, right. And they even mention, or we're supposed to mention that the it's a it's illegal for them to ask you about any medical issues from the military well yeah the only it, time they can ask is after they've made you the offer and now they can't back out of the offer oh, but in yeah. the interview process they can't even ask that stuff yeah, yeah. So it is hearing this it is interesting uh you just brought up a good point it is interesting on the on the front end Genesis is all like, oh, you got this, you got this, you got this, disqualify. On the back end, Genesis is like, I don't have any record of that back problem you're talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't have any record of your knee. What are you talking about? <laughs> all of a sudden, it's solely inadequate on the on the uh, tail end of your career. Yep. Interesting. So there's a quick article on the prevalence of the use of Ritalin between 8, 10, and 12 graders combined. Yeah. And at the height in 2001, of the people that answered this question, 4.3% of those grades were, were said, yes, I used Ritalin. Wow. 4% <laughs> of those kids that answered honestly. Yeah. Well, there's your recruiting problem right there. They're all just well, and they're missing. They're missing the real question here: is how did you use it? Did you break it up and snort it? Did you cook it up and shoot it into a vein? Like those were all was the questions it a, for. Yeah, or was it given to me? And to be honest, back then, like hey. two thousand one. Yeah. It, like, yeah, lots of kids. Half those kids are on Ritalin, you know, and yeah. it significantly dropped off because in twenty two, uh, it got to as low as 08 percent said they were on Ritalin. Now they might be on Adderall or whatever the hell else Some the other, sure. is. Something. And that'll DQ that generation when they try. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah or meth. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, the report 10 years from now where they're like, oh. hey, did you take Ozempic to lose weight? Uh, that was a big mistake. Because <laughs> that's yeah. a popular thing, right? That's Oh, thing. yeah. The weight right. You have no bone density. <laughs> <laughs> but you look great. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking heroin chic already. <laughs> all right, one more quick story, then we'll get to history and uh we'll call it end up. All right. Uh hey, 
guess what? VA's in the news again. Ooh, big surprise. I know. Good, good for the VA. <laughs> From stripes.com, the VA hired nearly 2,000 healthcare workers with felony drug convictions oh, after deficient background checks. <laughs> if they would ask my questions, these guys never would have gotten through. Yeah, well, yeah. That's right. Uh, a breakdown of background checks has enabled applicants with criminal drug histories to gain jobs as healthcare workers with the Veterans Health Administration. Uh, investigators since 2017, or investigations since 2017 by the IG's office for the Department of Veterans Affairs and the Government Accountability Office found improperly vetted personnel were placed in direct patient care roles at VHA facilities with access to uh, what do they call those drugs that are on? Uh, 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 oh man, I can't remember. But basically, controlled drugs. So they have access to all scheduled that. drugs. Scheduled, yeah, scheduled drugs. That's it. Uh, apparently, I'm the drug guy here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just know how to prosecute people. Remember, yeah, I mean, you do look like a prosecutor. So, <laughs> uh, mandated background checks prior to employment often were incomplete, conducted incorrectly, or in some cases, not done at all. According to testimony Wednesday before the House Committee on Veterans Affairs subpanel on oversight investigations. So they testified, yeah, sometimes we just, sorry, we didn't do it. You know what I think we just answered, Marty? Who stole all the money from the VA? Could be. It's all I that, it's all that drug loss. we just answered the right? question. <laughs> uh, but uh, let me see. There's a lot here. But uh, uh don't worry, gentlemen. VA has a plan. Mm. All right. Thank God. Don't I always tell you that? Don't worry. <laughs> Daniel. If they would have used Genesis, they would have DQ'd all those people. Uh, yep. There you go. That's what I like. Well, don't use those for the hires. So there's a whole there's a whole <laughs> piece in there about how short they are on personnel and why they're trying to get so many people in that maybe we overlooked a few people. Uh <laughs> my right? cousin is one of them. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I got you. Yeah. So uh, maybe they looked at uh, the GAO said in February, they identified 12,569 VHA employees with indications of a criminal history related to controlled substance. But only 1,800 of those identified workers had felony drug convictions. So a vast majority weren't felonies. So that's that's good. That's good. Good job, VA. <laughs> it's, but the, it's not like fel felony fleeing. It's right. You know what I mean, uh, you had a drug, you had a drug conviction because the job we want you to do <laughs> directly relates to your drug conviction. Drug, uh, yeah. <laughs> you actually know how to handle it better than the patient does. But, yeah. Like I said, the VA has a plan. Daniel Gaelic who leads the VA's Office of Identity, Credential, and Access Management, said a DEA employment waiver will be in place by March of next year. <laughs> and we got it figured out. It's all by March next year, we're going to put uh, an employment waiver in there. He told lawmakers that the VHA is creating a more structured approach to oversight compliance. We're not there yet, but we're creating it. Mm. These particular instances that have been noted in the audits, we don't really have a good explanation for how some of these occurred, Gaelic said. 
We're trying to improve our oversight compliance and catch those instances where background investigations maybe were deficient or were not performed for whatever reason. But we're on it now. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, government off audit office. We're on mm -hmm. it. Mm. So here's the scary thing. The inspector general is widening its review of background checks to other VA agencies. I don't know if we want to hear that. Hey, wouldn't it be so frustrating to be in that government audit, guys? Because you know they're going to come back and they're like, look how bad this one is. We but didn't they're not find even, anything. They're not even the listening to us. Ever. <laughs> Couldn't complete it. You ever do an audit? Not in the last seven years. <laughs> okay. You ever audit the employment stats on the drug tests or anything? Nah. Oh, no. <laughs> you guys are looking at that now? Oh, shit. <laughs> when did we start looking at that? Mel, we Only just... with the people using drugs or dealing with drugs? Uh, oh, so you mean, you mean like both. everybody? Oh. <laughs> well, that's going to take us a little while. I did not get that memo. <laughs> Mel, we did a story a couple weeks ago about how the Pentagon failed its sixth audit in a row. Mm. And over half its assets are unaccounted for. But they're getting better. The spokesman said we'd learn <laughs> on every one of these audits that we face. Now, when you were in the Marines <laughs> from a Marine Corps perspective, bro? yeah. Can you can you imagine if you showed up and you're like half of whatever I inspected, I just couldn't find. I can't find. <laughs> Would your supervisor be like, Well, you're learning? <laughs> <Keep it up. laughs> like, I mean, Air Force, yeah, that's how we do it. But I don't know about the Marines. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm sure Marines are like the Army. You got to go turn in all that equipment they issued you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah try that there. It was like, yeah. I got three quarters of it. Good. Yeah, well, here's the are bill. We, are we good? <laughs> no, you yeah, go to jail for the rest. <laughs> yep. Holy cow. That's amazing. Well, that's why we do. That's what we do. Uh, VA is a nonstop source of uh, entertainment on this show. Oh my goodness! And first, so don't get frustrated because if you think about it, you'll put your hand through the wall. But uh, <laughs> if you if you take a step back, it, it's so bad you just got to laugh at it. No man, they hired my cousin. My cousin, um, he just got hired about three <laughs> three months ago. Okay. Did he GS pass the background check? He was with the pharmaceutical industry, and uh, he uh, created, he got one of those uh, pieces, those software that pretends that you're working from home. <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> the IT people busted him. Oh, no. Uh, so this he still got put in for uh, employee of the month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this allowed him to, you know, stay at home and drink and then and, and, and really drink. and um and then uh he got into it with his uh girlfriend and got arrested uh, uh with a, a bracelet on his on his ankle so we made him a manager in the va yeah we stepped him saying. right up didn't we yeah, he's failing up yeah. And so when they uh it's mandatory work from home. Say, uh we see here that you have a conviction and my cousin, ah, you know, that didn't that didn't get through the system, you know, that was thrown <laughs> out, you know. Uh and that I'm telling guy. you, uh the week of that he was going in for the uh interview, 
he thought it was still okay to smoke weed. <laughs> and I said, hey, hey, motherfucker, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's the government. What the hell? So you better get the federal, your ass over federal government. Drink some apple cider vinegar or something. <laughs> He's like, really? I, I, I thought that it's legal now. I said, no, you dumbass. <laughs> Still a government job. You're dealing with patients. You're going to be at the hospital. So I know, I know for a fact that that was a Monday conversation and he was going in on Thursday. And I know that he did not clean all the drugs out of his system in those three days. (laughs) And he's been a happy employee for the last three months. And they hired him. My God. Wow. Well, I don't know how to feel That's about that. Awesome. I mean, good on your cousin. Yeah, he Man, made if, I get, if I ever leave Bad my space job, I'm going over to the VA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Is he, Mel, is he a GS? I don't know what he is. He crazy. That's all I know. If he's a GS, that's going to be hell to fire him. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, he could be a contractor working for the be. VA. That's what that's why. A private yeah. company. They told him you know, he had a whole year probation. Huh. Yeah. Hey, three months he, down. That's blank check, man. Is it like, oh, great. Yeah, okay. He should, he should get, you know, three-year probation. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> well, that's our tax dollars at work paying for no uh, our it. service. So, No doubt. Eric, take us home, right? Tell us right. what happened on this day in military history. Little history. Little history here. Guys, I have a question for you. Oh, the speed... Mock speed. When did the U.S. government obtain mock speed? When we broke the sound barrier? Yeah. 50s, 60s, or 70s? Gotta be the 50s. Gotta be the 50s. It was Jaeger, right? Yeah, was I was thinking Pepto Bismol. <laughs> oh, that, that's a whole different. Jake, you were the man. So today in 1953, I said fifties. I didn't say you were wrong. I just said he, Chuck, he said Chuck Yeager. Yeah, we heaped a lot of praise on the Jake on this. Hey episode. Marty, what? I'm getting that medal. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Major Chuck Yeager flies his Bell X One Alpha to Mach two point four three five, which is approximately one thousand six hundred and fifty miles per hour, per hour at Edwards Air Force Base, California. At Mach 2.4 at 80,000 feet, the aircraft spun out of control, spinning on all three axes. G-forces sent Jaeger's head into the canopy, cracking it and bending the control stick. The aircraft spun down 51,000 feet in 51 seconds before he regained control at 25,000 He got control back? With a crack hand. What a cracked oh, head. That guy's a bad His speed record that day stood for the next three years. So they've attached some photos that I'm not going to go into, but it just ultimately shows the data. Among the data shown were Mach number and altitude. The speed and altitude changes due to the tumble were visible as jagged lines in the wow. graph. The oh, I love this. During the tumble, these twice reached eight G's or eight times uh-huh. the normal pull of gravity at sea level. 
At these G-forces, oh a 200-pound human would, in effect, weigh 1,600 pounds if a scale were placed under him in the direction of the force vector. Producing these graphs was a slow, difficult process. The raw data from onboard instrumentation recorded on an oscillograph film. Human computers then reduced the data and recorded it on data sheets, correcting for such factors as temperature and instrument errors. They used adding machines or slide rules for their calculations because pocket calculators were 20 years in the future. When was the flight? What was the date of the flight? December 12th, 1953. December 12th, man. Yep. Wasn't that the whole basis of Six Million Dollar Man beginning? <laughs> if you remember know. that TV show, The Six Million Dollar Man? Oh, I remember the show. Steve yeah, because if the beginning of it is him crashing in the uh, experimental plane. Mm. And then they had to give him two legs and an arm and an eye. The question is, is how far that would have set, how far would that have set him, set mock speed back had he crashed that day? Was he that did. the first time? Oh, yeah. Was that yeah. the first time the sound barrier was broken in the world or just by the U.S.? Or do you know? Uh, too much detail? Ah, we don't sorry. go that far? Yeah, sorry. don't scratch it. Don't scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> So his hey, flight. Eric, while was you're on looking December that 12th. up, cool. I'll do some Chuck Yeager information for you here. Cool. I will and say that I definitely uh, earned uh, an opportunity to, to take as many drugs as he likes. Oof. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, just some of the awards Chuck Yeager. Well, first of all, World War II, Korea War, Vietnam War, Distinguished Service Medal, Air Force. Army Distinguished Service Silver Star twice, Legion Merit twice, Distinguished oh Flying God. Cross three times, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, and it keeps going. Wow. Yep, they they handed that shit out like candy back then. Yeah, I mean you're <laughs> you're only in World War Two in <laughs> Vietnam and, and Korea. Yeah, it's a cracked head, yeah. you know. Ah, yeah. Going sixteen hundred miles yeah. an hour at eighty thousand yeah. feet. I heard he had a short inseam. That's he's a <laughs> yeah. yeah, he would have failed out of MH Genesis real quick. Yeah, Genesis kicked him out twice <laughs> for concussions. <laughs> oh, hell. Well, we salute you, Chuck Yeager. God damn. Right on, Chuck. What a badass. <laughs> yeah. All right, on I'll, that I'll note. Add, I'll add that recommendation to his Wikipedia page Distinguished Service Cross. <laughs> Saluted by late for change. Late for change. <laughs> very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> On that note, we are at end up, gentlemen. End up. All right. But before we go today, with uh, unquestionably today's podcast, good conduct medal goes to Jake. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll we'll give you a a guest one, Mel, if you want, if you like. But oh, you man, he makes it sound like it's like. This, this is how this is how I I, I put a rain on Jake's Christmas. Well, no, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's bullshit I award. I got one around here somewhere. God, that's, Jake has won four of those damn things now. That really Man. sucks. I'm not standing up for you anymore, Jake. <laughs> I'm gonna wear it to the next next time I don't get invited to some bullshit. I'm going to post a picture <laughs> underneath your Facebook post of, hey, look at all the fun Marty and I are having without Jake. <laughs> I'm going to have all my fucking medals on my flannel. 
<laughs> we had a great time too. Great seats. Military appreciation. Well, I actually good good liked this, yeah. man. Good seats. It was fun. Free beers. <laughs> hey, hey, Mel, thanks for coming on. Uh, one last plug. Laugh2success.com. Go out yes, and find sir. all his stuff. Does it have like upcoming dates where you're going to play next? Uh, no, I stopped doing that because, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, it's tough to keep it updated. I, I guess. Not only that, a lot of my, most of my, all my stuff is mostly private, you know, like, oh, yeah. for example, Thursday, I'm doing a, a retirement party now. Could you imagine, you know, people showing up saying, hey, where's the food? You know what yeah. I mean? Oh. <laughs> where's the comedian's podcast? <laughs> a three drink minimum or, you know, is that a plan for this? <laughs> you know, I do have a podcast uh, with another comic uh, friend of mine, uh, he uh, actually is, uh, uh, he was a uh, captain in the army and uh, also a comedian and uh, he's Vietnamese. So we call it the black and yellow comics podcast. Nice. nice. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. So that's uh, yeah. good stuff. It's good. We're bringing some of those uh, racial epithets back. I like <laughs> yeah, we call ours all white, all white, all white. <laughs> 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 well, it, it, nah, I'm not gonna go there. I want to say one last thing, though, Marty, and this is serious: is that uh, laughter really does heal, and uh, it's very important that I feel that people should really uh, try to laugh as much as possible. The reason why it heals is because every time you laugh, your organs vibrate inside, which produces endorphins and energy and blood flow. And, you know, I can't tell you how many people have come to my shows and they appreciated me bringing up, you know, other comedians and doing a full hour and a half of laughter because in that time frame, whatever they were wrestling with, whatever problems was going on at home, they were able to actually get clarity and, and get a little freed up. And so I just feel that a lot of our veterans as well, they need to laugh more. They need to yeah. get relief. And that is a very quick, easy way, but people don't realize that they think they got to watch a TV show or, 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 you know, you'll have a laugh, but it's not for an extended amount of time. Right. So keep laughing. It's good for you. So you're saying our, our podcast is good for you. Then. Yes. All right. That's what I wanted to hear. That's yes. what I keep doing. I keep coming back. Cause it makes the shit cracks me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mel, I'm going to coach you up here. I'm going to go into my ending spiel here. But there's a point where I say, next week, make sure you're not. And then we all say together, late for change. We got it. The closest we've ever gotten it was last week. Jake hates this. You see the look on his face? He hates it. But I make him do it anyway. If he misses this, we're going to take a good conduct from you. <laughs> oh, I never oh, I accidentally that. had it on mute. I'm sorry, Marty. <laughs> Again, all right. On behalf of all of us here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, and subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. Mel Austin, thanks for coming on, man. That was a blast. Good luck with the business, and uh, we hope to hear from you in the future. And make sure next week that you are not late, late, late. for. Change over. I hate it too. <laughs> yeah, see, thank you. Well, the time is all off. You're way too slow. So, I, I, so I, I tried like, that. Late for changeover. Well, I tried that. We he, couldn't get that together either. So. <laughs>
he got it from that most extreme challenge, that old Japanese game show that was horribly dubbed, and it's like, don't get eliminated. And they do it so well, and they're so committed yeah, to it. And because yeah, it's I all dubbed over. <laughs> Maybe you guys just aren't funny. You ever think about that? Yeah, well, that, mean, that means uh, you're, in, you're in on it, too. So. Fair enough. Uh, man, thanks for the week, and I'll see you next week. Woo!